Live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey everybody, and welcome to Ask Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada, with Mr. Lady Ada, broadcasting live from Adafruit Industries, the downtown Manhattan factory where we make and manufacture and test and ship and support and video and tutorialize and photograph all the great electronic goodies that you love to put in your projects. For the next hour, we're gonna go through maker news, what's up with Adafruit, or what's going on in the community, new products, videos, Python, free stuff, and more, we got a jam-packed show. It's a smorgasbord of news. Why don't we kick it off, Mr. Lady, and tell yeah. what's on tonight's show. On tonight's show, the code is Green Clue. Uh, we'll talk Not about, a blue clue. No, we'll it's talk about clue. that in a little bit. Uh, green Clue is the code. 10% off the native for straw all the way up to 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. And you get 10% off everything except for gift certificates, Adabox, and Code Academy courses. It supports us, an open source hardware company here in New York City. Here's just some of the people that you would be supporting with your orders. We are loan free, venture capital free. We remain open source, committed to all the good values and good things that make us a good cause and good business. But we can only do it if you once in a while buy something. So Thanks. Green Clue is the code that you could save a buck or two as well. Um, more, yep. 10 bucks even. People around the world showing and sharing their projects. They stopped by tonight. Lady, it'll talk about that and more. JP's workshop will have some previews and a make code minute. We do that every single week. We have exciting Python on hardware news and a very big announcement that we'll probably do right after this. Very excited to tell you mm. some big news. You don't know what it is, it's a secret. Time travel, look around the world of makers, hackers, artists and engineers, things that are going on and more. 3D printing, a video from Noah and Pedro. Got some made in New York City factory footage. Get some new products, get some top secret, we'll answer your questions. We do we do that over on Discord, Discord. Join 16,000 of us, we'll answer your questions. All that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. Okay, so let's uh, pay some bills. Green Clue, that's code. We still have the freebies and we more do. on our show. And uh, when you place an order, not only did you get a discount, but you can get some free stuff. It's true. $99 or more will get a free Permaproto solder-full bread, solder breadboard that you can take your solderless breadboard projects and solder them onto. It's great for making your project permanent. People love these, and that's why we give them away with your order when you order $99 or more. If you order uh, uh, $200 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping in the continental United States. That's trackable insured shipping that we love. Uh, we recommend it for domestic shipping. UPS has not let us down. And $299 or more, you get a free Circuit Playground Express, our all-in-one development board that has LEDs, sensors, buttons, capacitive touch, switches, buzzers, microphones, and all that good stuff. And it runs all sorts of programming languages to help you make your first or last creative project. You can use Arduino or CircuitPython, TinyGo or MicroLisp. You can use code.org, CS Discoveries, MakerBlocks, Make make block and many other programming systems it's a great way to get started with building your first maker crafting electronic project okay ups ground is the way to go for shipping in the us uh, postal might be a little bit of mystery sometimes dhl mystery. for international same day delivery is in new york city 11 a.m is a deadline you have to order before 11 a.m and if it's a zip code that we can get it to same day in new york city we can do that the data people around the world show and share the project Every single week, we've been doing this forever. Um, who was on the show until this week, and what did they share? We had so many people. Uh, this is not an order, it's just what I wrote down. Yeah. Uh, Philby came by and showed off some dark mode LED plastic, which is really great for putting over LED matrices to give a nice 
uh, contrasting look, but you still see the LEDs and their colors really well. It's something sold by Tap Plastics and we're looking into it. They've carried it for a little bit. Erin's working on a fairy bottles project in a room that has like a tree in it and like there's like different seasonal color ways for her bottles. And uh, she's writing up a guide, but she wanted to preview um, some of the crafting that's going on in, it, in it, the project. Each bottle is going to have a circuit playground express and um, like a half a meter of NeoPixels. And uh, she'll be shooting that video soon and we'll have a guide up in the next week or two. JP also had an LED trick uh, to show off um, using gels, like photography gels or lighting gels on top of seven segment displays uh, makes them contrast uh, up and look really good, um, much better than just a bare seven segment display. So a good inexpensive trick. Brian is working on a sip and puff sensor, taking a, a barometric pressure sensor and connecting a tube to it. Um, you can then detect sips and puffs of different uh, strengths and lengths. So you can uh, use that to um, create a sip and puff uh, communication system that can be handy for people who want to use um, alternative interfaces. Um, so it'll be kind of neat coming out soon using the uh, STLP35HW. Um, Melissa came by and showed off the uh, latest work on the web plotter. She's been working on a web serial plotter that runs in any Chrome browser. You don't need any software. You just open up Chrome and you can plot away thanks to web serial, which is a new addition in Chrome. And um, Melissa added dark mode and XY plotting mode. Uh, more to come and we'll have a guide soon. Uh, Brent plus Nelly plus Pedro worked together on a collab that did the pie planter, which we'll show a video of soon. It's an IoT plant uh, holder and monitor using a pie portal. Um, it's got a really cool animations of the water going into the plant. Yeah, that's what we kicked off the show with. So in case you can't get enough of this. It's a great little animation. That's actually kind of what happens as you water it, like the, yeah. the animation goes We wanted on. to do a self-documenting interface. It's like very clear within less than a second or so. It's like, oh, someone's watering a plant. It's transmitting data to Adafruit.io. Oh, it also has the data locally. Oh, that's a real plant. So like this idea of a smart plant. Smart plant. Glanceable, very understandable. Yeah, and it's a great project for people who want to uh, make an IoT project that sits on their desk and is also kind of handy. Also, it's, it's, it's a plant, it's a nice plant. Yeah. Mini plants. Uh, Dan showed off the jig, uh, motorized jig that he made for testing uh, Bluetooth cadence and wheel sensors for bicycles. Um, this is a standard type of sensor used for uh, sensing uh, bicycle cadence and bicycle speed. Um, some people have wired sensors, but these ones are purely wireless. And so he has a little motor spinning around and um, he's using uh, CircuitPython to read the cadence and wheel sensors. I'm still working on it, not, not quite working yet, but uh, he's getting there and um, there's two sensors, so it's gonna be a new project where we um, take two pieces of data and combine them to calculate like how hard you're bicycling. And this is part of our Peloton project where we make Peloton for the Pi Portal. Coming soon. Uh, and Scott is working on uh, Bluetooth sensor nodes using advertising data, sending it um, to a uh, circuit uh, playground board that has, sorry, a uh, circuit Python board that has Wi-Fi that acts as a bridge and then um, sends that data to Adafruit IO. So basically collecting uh, Bluetooth wireless sensor nodes um, all through circuit Python, sending it and storing it uh, long-term in Adafruit IO for, uh, you know, plotting and analysis and notification. Uh, so it's kind of an interesting project because it's a pure Python sensor network um, and uh, it's coming along. Scott's kind of like exploring Wi-Fi, Adafruit.io, and uh, he says in a couple of weeks he'll have 
maybe a, a project to show off documentation. Yeah, and if you have a chance, um, check out the show and tell, uh, this is the first time Scott used Adafruit.io, and he's part of Adafruit, but this was really neat because we built, like, learn.adafruit.com, for example, for you, for yeah. all these tutorials, and then everyone got a chance to use it. It's like, wow, this is a really good tutorial system. Um, we built Adafruit.io for people like Scott who are working on educational tools, uh, things to empower others to do IoT projects. And the first thing he said was, wow, it's so easy. It was very concise, only a few lines of code, and I was up and running. And he was able to do a very complex IoT project very simply. And if I had to compare, like if you're someone who's doing things with Python or CircuitPython and you haven't dipped your toes into IoT yet, try Adafruit.io because it's free. Um, we have plus versions for people who want to um, do a lot of data stuff with it. But check it out. If you, if you like how easy it is to use CircuitPython and do things, but you haven't done IoT because it sounds insane and bonkers when you go to a website that says like IoT stuff, Yeah. try it out. And Brent's got some amazing beginner guides too. I mean, you can get started yeah. with a Pi Portal or a Metro Wi-Fi. It's inexpensive, it's really easy, and it's secure. Yeah, I'll let everyone out on a secret. It shouldn't have ever been this hard to work with computers or to do cool things with technology. That's where you're wrong. It should, <laughs> it's, you know, there's a lot of gatekeeping. There's a lot of people who don't like to share information. There's a lot of people who don't do open source. There's a lot of people that they feel like if they don't hide their work, <laughs> they're not as valuable. It's not true. The, 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 the quote that I like is the, the candle that you light yeah. doesn't diminish the original one. You can, we can all burn brightly. <laughs> burn. Burn. <laughs> uh, it's on fire. Yeah. Uh, we also had a bunch of people from the community come by. Tim. Uh, made a really cool uh, Nixie clock using um, round um, Nixie tubes um, that from a salvaged uh, like voltage meter or something that he got out of the dump, which is a great way to reuse and recycle technology. And he made a beautiful clock that's powered by a trinket and has a power supply booster as well. Bill B uh, talked about AT Maker Day happened in Orlando. A lot of cool stuff came out of it, including uh, the Freedom Wing, which got um, him some good press, yeah, we'll, uh, which is great. We'll show the talk video. talk about that and show um, a snippet of the video so folks get an idea of what this thing all is And all then about. he also demoed showing you can plug the Freedom Wing. It's a feather wing, so it can plug into a Pi Gamer, so you can actually write and then play games uh, using this Freedom Wing, which is neat. It's, just, it's a general purpose um, motorized wheelchair joystick converter, yep. uh, very handy for any kind of accessibility projects, which I, I think is neat. I mean, it's all just voltages and currents. You can mix and match them all you like, which is which is nice. I haven't figured out a way yet to make it, uh, you know, proprietary data communication system. Yeah, I'm sure God. someone's working on it. I know you're working on it. Because subscribe to your joystick. Yeah. Um, Speedwell uh, made an animatronic parrot as it sounded like it was a, a gift for somebody who... Uh, grew up in Orlando? Gift for, uh, I think it was his mom. Yeah. And I think the joke was there was a bunch of these parrots around, and this was an animatronic version from the Pirates of the Caribbean, but it was an off-the-shelf toy that people in the community have uh, documented how to mod and do stuff. Yeah. So they use a, a uh, FX. So audio for, effects board for, yeah. the, for the sound effects and then the built-in animatronics for... Um, it looked great. It, was yeah, it, looked a, really, it looked just like, I was like, oh, my God, I'm like... Yeah, I'm I've seen animatronics, in. you know, at, like, theme parks and stuff like yeah. that that weren't great. This was... This was very yeah, good. Was good. It was really nice. Lots of degrees of motion. Yeah. Uh, Drew is bringing up the Oshawa badge, so he's uh, got J-Link out, and he's working on uh, bringing CircuitPython to uh, this watch badge that if you're at the Oshawa event, you'll get a free one, which will be really cool. It's yeah. a CircuitPython NRF52840 based, uh, like a watch badge. And we're doing so much with that chipset 
And it's actually a, a very similar to the Clue in some ways. And so I think a lot of the projects that we use in the Clue will also work we'll on the We'll show a little bit of that uh, later on in the show. And then Helen's working on an instrument art project. Uh, so it's kind of neat because she gets to like make something beautiful that's delicate but um, interesting. And so she kind of talked about the differences between making something durable and making something artistic. And that's okay. what we had on Show and Tell. All participants on the Show and Tell get an As Seen on Show and Tell sticker. Email support at datafruit.com, and we will send you out a sticker. Okay, Lady Ada, let's uh, just cut to the biggest news that we have tonight. We'll be getting some blog posts, some tweets, and everything. But if folks dun, are just dun, dun, tuning dun. into the show, um, I didn't want to save this to the end. What's the news? The news is, if you're going to PyCon, which is in Pittsburgh. In April. April 15th to the 23rd. Every single person there, courtesy of DigiKey and Adafruit, to get Python on hardware to as many people, and now with wireless, you're getting a clue. 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 Everyone's getting a clue. So there's over 3,000-something participants that are there, and every single one of them are going to have the latest and greatest, one of the most advanced boards, uh, one of the coolest products that we just recently released, Clue. So special thanks to DigiKey, who's been powering the maker movement, getting some of the most cutting-edge hardware out there together with us, and um, helping bring Python on hardware to the masses and the people who use it to teach and to educate. Thank you so much, DigiKey, and thank you so much, CircuitPython community, and thank you everyone who's working on this. This is one of many times and ways that we're gonna get it out to as many people. We have more in store and more planned, so see you at PyCon. It's a couple months away. Get a clue. Get a clue. Find a clue. With clue. Get clued in. We've got other clue puns. <laughs> we have right. infinite clue puns. Okay, so uh, that's our big news. JP's workshop is tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern time. A uh, couple things. Here's a little bit from last week, and then we'll jump into the Make Code Minute. Here is JP doing the heart rate. Yep, guide went live today. Yeah, monitoring. And what's so cool is all this stuff was so hard until now. If you wanted to get Bluetooth information from a health monitor yeah. in some way, how could you do it in a way that you control, you own, you learn from, you have a documented code. Well, here's an example. We made we made JP work. <laughs> he had to sweat for this one. <laughs> He's very healthy. He is extremely healthy. And he healthy. exercises, and I'm, and I'm glad that he has. Well, a, one of us is. He, ha he is, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm glad that we're able to showcase his heart muscle on our videos and uh, how uh, you could use this. And think about all the applications that you're going to be able to do. Yeah, it's neat. It's cool. Okay, uh, every single week there's a Make Code Minute. This is Make Code Minute with JP from uh, last week. There's one coming up. This week, this is Magnets and the Microbit.
so what I'm going to show you on the Make Code Minute today is how to use the uh, magnetometer compass that's built into the micro bit in order to measure magnetic force and display it on the little LED graph. Uh, now, you're going to see a bunch of uh, dancing around that's on the video, and it's not in real life. Uh, it's just the refresh rate of these makes them look like they're dancing, but that's actually a steady uh, little graph that I'm filling. And here I just have a stack of magnets uh, that allow me to... Oh, what have I done? I confused it or something. Let me restart it. I tapped it, and it got crazy. There we go. Uh, so here you can see the strength of the magnet as I uh, move it closer and further is being measured. So how do you do this inside of make code is the question, right? What I've done is I've started out with creating a variable uh, called graph on, and I've set it to true. Uh, and this allows me to use the buttons to turn the graph, graphing mode on and off. Uh, and then here I have a forever loop. And this is the, the most important thing is if the graphing is on, then we're going to do this. Plot a bar graph of the magnetic force strength and then I've given it a value up to 3,000. I measured that using the console, and it may vary uh, depending on the magnet you use, how high you want the top of that graph to be. Um, and that's all it takes. So if you watch back here again on the uh, overhead, I can press the A button, and I'm just graphing whatever that value is in numbers. If I press the B button, I get the pretty light up graph. So let's get real close. Whatever this last value is, I'll press A. And it says it was 1838 uh, Newton meters. I don't know what they are. Some, some sort of magnet something force. I probably should have looked that up. Uh, but anyway, that is how you can use the micro bit inside of MakeCode to measure the strength of a magnet. And that is your MakeCode Minute. Magnetic. Okay. Magnetic. Very attractive. Um, so tomorrow, another Make Code Minute and JP Show at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Okay. okay. Let's do some Python on hardware. Blinka, blinka, blinka. Yeah, there's a lot going on. We already had the biggest news. Well, there's even more. Oh, goodness. So Bill was on our show and tell, and he talked about the uh, freedom, freedom wing. Wing. And a uh, couple things. Uh, Steve, who we're going to show a couple... Uh, Maybe like 30 or 40 seconds of the video. The video is about four minutes altogether. Um, but just to give you an idea of, of what folks are saying, uh, this is from Steve. Steve said, I'm so glad so many are excited for this controller. For those of you in the press writing about this, one underscore 2020 brought us the year when someone can drive their wheelchair up to an Xbox and plug it in. Unimaginable before now, game changing. That's and, so cool. And, and so sad that it took this long. <laughs> well, no time to, no, you know, no time like the present. Um, it's never too late to do good. So uh, Bill said, amen, just to be clear, we use Adafruit Featherwing standard, hence the name Freedomwing. This device can become a mouse or any other controller just to change its open source Python code. So this is open source software. It's open source hardware. It combines all the things that we wanted uh, to see with Feather, people taking it in places we never imagined. Portable, small. Projects. Yeah, and just to put this in context, if you are in a power wheelchair, you have a joystick that you run your life with. Yeah. You're literally, it's taking you places. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
the idea that you can participate in gaming and participate in other things with the same joystick that you're still good at. Yeah, especially since some people like they have special joysticks for their you know their, their usability and their range of motion. And so, like having to use a different joystick for gaming doesn't make a lot of sense. You should use the thing that you're so used to. And just the idea that this wheelchair, this power wheelchair that you're in, is now something that you can incorporate to all the other parts of your life and be part of something like a gaming community and be able to have something that's not this proprietary, you know, expensive thing that's impossible for you to obtain. Um, it's only like seven or eight bucks. Uh, so here's just the first snippet of the video. Um, please do check out atmakers.org to watch the whole thing and uh, look at the coverage. On our site, adafruit.com slash press, we have the first link on there right now is a link to all the links that has all the... Th I different know, I'm so glad they got pressed for yeah. it. Yeah, so uh, Engadget, Gizmodo, Verge, like every every place that keeps track of gaming. Um, this was really neat to see them say this and put this in the spotlight because we are what we celebrate. And there's so many good pieces about this, including the high school kids that make these at their own free time along with AT makers to get these to as many people as possible. So um, here's a little bit of a vid. I've been working on having a way that people with disabilities who use power wheelchairs would be able to plug in their wheelchair to an Xbox. Since I started my work at Able Gamers nearly 15 years ago, what's very amazing out of that is I met an amazing man named Bill who's with AT makers. And together, the two of us collaborated on this amazing device where, as you can see here, we're going to plug my wheelchair, my own personal wheelchair, into my Xbox and I'm going to control Rocket League straight up. Uh, with no annotations, it's just the device plugging into an Xbox adaptive controller and into the Xbox and it's going to work like magic. Hi, I'm Bill. Okay, so watch the rest of the video and more at AT Makers. Next up, there are some, uh, I feel like I'm like the, the TMZ of electronics. So here's some, well, it's actually on Instagram.com. Like paparazzi pics. <laughs> um, this is the latest photos and more of the badge that's also wearable. It's like a watch that you'll see at, Os uh, at Open Hardware Summit. This is made by Oshpark, Spark Funds, making them up. DigiKey's a sponsor. And the thing that I like about this the most, of course, is it runs CircuitPython. Yay! So Alex and Michael and Drew are bringing up the board. Um, you can see they've got some display stuff going on. And it's just another cool example if you put something useful out there, like CircuitPython, that people can use to build hardware, then it'll probably get used. So, nice cool work. Stuff. Yep. All right, looking good. OK, uh, next up from the community, in the world of Python on hardware. This is cool. This is a cute little maze ball game that you can tilt. It uses a TFT gizmo and drew, driven by the accelerometer. Code is up on GitHub and more. Nina's doing a cool series of videos and projects. This is a uh, screenshot from the Twitch screen, uh, Twitch stream, of uh, working on a CircuitPython Pi portal called the Expovert badge. Um, basically, if your social battery is charged up enough, it'll say, come talk to me. If it's not, it's like, hey, don't want to talk right now. Mm. Very useful. Very useful. This is from Codesmart.dk. This is a conductive fabric tape circuit playground express and circuit python musical instrument on fabric. Organic. This is uh, from James Bowman um, from the Inside X Camera Labs. It's one of my favorite newsletters. Talks about some things with Game Duino uh, and 
there was a highlight in this newsletter that I thought that was really good. So the people that buy these like really advanced DIY gaming systems and things, the hardest part is writing games for it. And so James has been thinking about what, what can he do to, to make it easier. And uh, the pull quote here is uh, a little piece that I wanted to read. But what about people who only want a menu system or a temperature display or a photo frame or show a kid how to make Pong? All those people want to write a minimum amount of code, get the satisfaction of something that looks good, and move on. Circuit Python is part of that. It's much more beginner friendly than Arduino environment. It's just easier to use. And this isn't a ding on Arduino. It is just Arduino is really powerful. Yeah. Circuit Python's beginner friendly. And that's exactly what we like to hear. So um, if you're curious about this, you can go to um, the X Camera website, and it's uh, excamera.com. It is spelled like it sounds. And check that out. And uh, James has a very insightful newsletter. Super cool. Um, Lucien was working on getting the um, kitten bot working yep. with CircuitPython, so we got that done. And he's testing out Pong, or uh, Snake. Particle announced that they're discontinuing Particle Mesh. However, they have a guide, and for only, what, like 11 bucks, you can have a fantastic CircuitPython power board because it works and it's yep. feather compatible. Yeah, it even compatible. has uh, Flash on it, so it's actually pretty much ready to go. If you have a Xenon, the NR52840 board they have, it's it's really nice. It's, it's jam-packed full of stuff. Um, you'll need to reprogram the bootloader, so you need to have a J-Link or some other kind of SWD programming jig, and they, they have a tutorial on how to do that. But once you update the bootloader, um, so you can use our UF2 drag-and-drop bootloader, it's really easy to install CircuitPython. Yeah. Next up, this was a cool project. Uh, this was on Hackster, and it made the rounds in a few other places. This is the Rubber Duck project, and this is when you plug in a device and it does a bunch of keyboard stuff. Yeah, but uh, that's a rubber out, snake. You can't, yeah, <laughs> now it's a rubber snake. Uh, turns out, um, Circuit Python and Circuit Playground Express is a great way to make that project. So. And it's a great way to start because you can use the HID um, capabilities of Circuit Python, parse scripts very easily. So the the, the guide's really nice and shows the power of Circuit Python. Feather Tripler dot stars in Circuit Python. The code was just posted. If you want to make something cool like this, check out the link some more in the newsletter. Um, we also added another board to CircuitPython.org/downloads. This is the Feather Blue Fruit Sets. Yeah. Coming soon, we'll talk about it also during new products. Okay. Uh, next up, these headlines write themselves. Feather takes flight at SparkFun. This is the SparkFun Thing Plus Quick Shield. It's a feather wing, and it is... Um, Look at how handy this is. You get four quick connectors, and we've got tons of sensors that are compatible. Yeah, and it's part of uh, many of the boards that SparkFun has. So if you go to SparkFun, search for Feather, or even CircuitPython. Uh, they're, they're getting on the CircuitPython train. Choo-choo. Snakes on a train. Um, and uh, also check out our awesome-feather list on GitHub, where we just added this one, as well as some others. Cool projects and more. This is uh, Code & Solder's I.O. project. It's a Adafruit I.O. project plus a Pi badge, plus NeoPixels, plus Mini MQTT, and CircuitPython. And there's a color picker, and it uses all the Adafruit hardware and I.O. all communicating together. Um, we posted up a little bit about Discord and Slack, and I wanted to mention this because I think there's a lot of people that tune into our uh, shows because some of them are partners, some of them are in the community, some of them are competitors, some of them are uh, co-opetition friends, you know, like, you know, like I like to think of it as like skateboarding sometimes, like yeah. companies and even people are like, hey, I got a trick, I got a trick. So um, 
it looks like the open source communities in particular started out trying to use Slack as their communication tool, and like us, uh, are, are now on Discord. Um, I really like Discord. I've been invited to a bunch of Slacks, and I've logged in twice and then never yeah, again. Yeah, and I think the reason is when you're using Slack, it's for business, and there's not moderation tools because it's assuming that you're working at yeah. an enterprise and you're an employee. Yeah. So um, we've seen there's, there's a few um, really good Discord Python communities. There's a few really good Discord electronics communities. So we did a post that had the ones that we kind of keep track of. And also, you can just easily flip between the different servers and you get notified on one. It, yeah. Discord is designed to be like, oh, yeah, you're on a bunch of servers, but like you're all you're going jumping between the two yeah. where Slack is like it's all separate and it's like a little silo. Yeah, they do have threading on the messages and I know that's very useful. But that's the only thing that I'd say that's, that's, that would hold you back. Yeah. Um, also, the, the cost of Slack when you have a very large community, if you're trying to use a community tool, it's into the tens of thousands of dollars, or it could be, yeah. for the number of messages you want to save. There's a lot of things that go into that where Discord, um, you generally can, can use it um, at pretty low cost for, especially, we have 16,000 people, and uh, we're able to, to have our own server and kind of run it the way we want. And we have vanity URLs, and we have server boost, so it's it's working out well for us. But if you're curious about running a community or some type of ha hackerspace, makerspace, but online, uh, check out the Discord article that we have on our site. Mm -hmm. But also check out the list of other places. If you like the Circuit Python community on Discord, there's a bunch of other communities. Pimeroni has one. Evil Mad Scientist has one. There's uh, Python Arduino educators. Arduino has one. Arduino has one. In the Arduino one, there's even a help with Adafruit stuff. Yeah. Because um, a lot of people who use Arduino just happen to use Adafruit stuff. Yeah, there's so a check bunch. That out. There's a bunch. Okay. Um, some other news. This is cool. Kevin was over at BET. It's the educational Summit over in the UK, and notice that there's a micro bit bit adapter. This is like TMZ for electronics. This is the Sphero. So Sphero now is uh, acquired, merged with Little Bits. So this is the Sphero Little Bit micro bit adapter, and if you have a micro bit, you would be able to use Little Bits. That's good news for us because we bits, have bits. Clue, and you'll probably be able to use Little Bits with Clue with this bit. So they say it's coming out in spring. We'll know soon. I can't wait. This weekend, Scott's going to be speaking at Pi Cascades. There's um, a lot of activity and cool talks. If you're in the Portland area, check it out. There is also a CircuitPython meetup. It's at Artist Asylum. That is in... Uh, it's, Boston. It's in Boston. Cambridge. Yeah, I was going to say... Somerville. I was going to say, it's in Massachusetts for sure. Um, so that's February 12th. Uh, Lucien is hosting a CircuitPython meetup February 12th. 5 to 7 p.m. at RS Asylum's Makerspace in Somerville, Massachusetts. As we mentioned before, PyCon is coming up. Every single person there is getting a clue. Oh my goodness, you're getting a clue, you're getting a clue. Look that, under your chairs, y'all got clues. Here's those sirens. That's the cops saying that, you, can't, you can't give away that many clues. That's the free clue siren. <laughs> Patent pending. Honk, um, honk. Also at PyCon, uh, we're keeping track of some of the talks that have got accepted. Um, if you're interested in using Python and plant technology, there is a talk about that already. And that is it for the Python on Hardware News this week. There's blinka, a lot. Blinka, blinka, blinka. Okay. You get a clue. You get a clue. So time travel, let's look around. What's happening? Um, this is, uh, we want to get a word out on this. There is a crowd supply campaign for MOSFET Girl. 
So we we talk to the art of electronic authors. Yeah. And we have Transistor Man as a shirt. We got the artwork. We got the artwork from the source. That's right. And then this is kind of a remix, a remake. Well, yeah. So when when so the Transistor Man shirt started um, with me and Mark and I think Broxton. I I don't remember if there's a third person. We we worked on printing out these shirts back when we were at MIT, like 20 years ago. And one of the things that we also designed at the same time, but we never actually printed up, was MOSFET Girl. I, I think, maybe I'm wrong, it, it was a long time ago, but I think we designed this back then, but we never got to printing it. And I think, you know, at, at some point in your life, you're like, ah, you know, I should really do that project I did 10 years ago. So um, Mark was like, I'm gonna print up these shirts and put them on Crowd Supply. Um, Josh Lichman's also a friend of ours and is an awesome guy. Yeah, we talked to Josh today. Uh, we just talked to Josh today. So, um, you know, transistors, they're great. You know, everyone loves those BJTs. But, you know, MOSFETs are running the world now. Today, it's all about MOSFETs. And so MOSFET Girl, I think, is, you know, people don't talk to her about, about her as much. But look, she's working every day looking at VGS, multiplying it by GM, and then changing that drain current. And, and she does this day in, day out, doesn't, you know, need thanks, doesn't ask for anything, is so selfless. Um, thanks so much. There's even that input capacitance modeled there yeah. uh, so pick up a shirt and i think on the back of the shirt they is also donate, yeah they also donate part of it to a uh girls who code group as well that's so right it's that uh, tech chicks okay. so uh go to crowd supply and pick up a wonderfully colored mosfet girl shirt thank All you right. mosfet girl next up um we're an open source hardware company i know this for sure for sure for lots of reasons. I know for sure because it's all it's all open source. Yeah. So uh, we have another announcement. This is announcement Bogan, Bog- Bonanza. Bonanza. Boganza. Boganza. <laughs> I made that up here. Um, so if you're an OSI member, the Open Source Initiative, which they you know help get the licenses out there, do a lot of work in the open source yeah. open source dot uh, org. Um, you get 10% off Adafruit. Bam. So that's how that works. Don't forget you have a code tonight, but then if you're an, a member, you can get that code anytime. Yeah. So we're doing that. Um, we think this is a good idea. We're trying to work with lots and lots of open source organizations because they live by the donations to keep them going. Yep. So if we can help them out in some way, and this one is pretty easy. If you're an OSI member, just let them know that you want this discount. They'll send it to you. And if you're a new OSI member, which is what they, they want, you get one in your welcome email. And get 10% off open source software and hardware. Nice. Okay, speaking of the special edition. Nice um, segue there. That's right. Open Hardware Summit is coming up. A um, little bit of a reminder. We have uh, the graphics with Blinka and the gear logo. Um, I started a new article series with two things in it. We'll see what happens. It's called Stuff That Looks Like the Open Source Hardware Logo That's Also Open Source Hardware. Wow. That's, yeah. You'd think that would be like a very small number, but it's actually, no, but there's actually quite a lot of it. It's doubled this year. It's doubled, so, now there's two. So FOSDEM <laughs> was the um, Open the Source conference, conference. In, in Europe, and this is the second example. And Olamax makes a ton of open hardware. Yeah, this is the second example of open source hardware that's come out. The previous okay. example was the Open Source Hardware Summit badge in 2011. Okay, so now we have two. That's right. Bam. Okay. One, two. Okay. And then um, last up, check out CrowdSupply since we just talked about this and this reminded me and I talked to Josh today about some other stuff. Teardown's coming up in June. Check it out if you like hardware. This is an event for you. All right, we have 2,120 guides. Lady Ada, what's on the big board? of guides. Who made the stuff? I did most of them Who today. shared the stuff? 
What's going on over here? Okay, so uh, last week I think we had the Cleveland Museum of Art Pi Portal frame, so it uses the Cleveland Museum um, online uh, repository of, of public domain images of all their art. And so the great thing about art is uh, after a while it becomes public domain. Uh, so Dan C did a Pi Portal viewer for that. We got two thermal cameras, uh, one guide by Catney for the general purpose MLX 9640 IR thermal camera. Uh, and she showed some code in both CircuitPython and Arduino to get your thermal camera plotting on a Pi Gamer, for example, as shown here. Also, uh, Jan did a uh, more, it has more information on the side, but it's a different sensor. It's the AMG8833. He did a Pi Gamer thermal camera. So two different thermal cameras, pick which one you like. One is a little bit lower resolution, but less expensive. We have a guide for the DPS310 precision barometric pressure and uh, temperature sensor. So this is interesting, it's a uh, Infineon sensor. Uh, we really like the Bosch sensors for barometric pressure and temperature, but this one is pretty inexpensive. It's very competitive with cost and has the same precision. So check it out. It's, um, especially if you're doing a drone project where you need a very precise altitude measurements or you're doing you know, weather and environmental sensing, the DPS310, it's I squared C, uh, again, and SPI, again, it's a bit low cost. Um, it's a different source code, but uh, it's kind of a drop-in replacement for the BMP280 in many ways. Uh, not coincidentally, I'm sure, it's the exact same size package and pinout. Um, the Ruse Brothers, along with Brent, worked on the Pi Portal Pet Planter with Adafruit I.O. We'll show the video shortly. It's an amazing all-in-one Adafruit I.O. smart planter that also uh, plots not only on the internet, but on the uh, display how much water you need to give your plant. And we had a couple guides this week. Uh, the Benho Nova is a USB host controller that lets you connect to I2C, SPI, UR, GPIO, PWM devices. It's often used for automation um, with uh, electronic controls and test manufacturing, but we think there's a, probably a couple good uses for this. Plugs in over USB. Uh, this guide gets you started. We have a guide already on using this with Blinka to do, c connect to our circuit Python libraries. Um, but if you want to just get used to how to use the Binho Nova in general, uh, this is a great alternative to more expensive USB host controllers. Comes in a nice case too. Uh, we made live JP's BLE heart rate zone trainer display. So um, we've got the Feather NRF52840 running CircuitPython. And over Bluetooth, it's connecting to a Bluetooth heart rate monitor. Um, and it's displaying your heart rate and also your heart rate zone. Uh, so if you're training and you're trying to maintain a certain heart rate, or you're doing intervals and you want to go up and down, up and down, uh, this little Bluetooth monitor um, can be a nice little display, especially with those gels. It's a very clear display. Also a great way to get started with uh, how to act as a Bluetooth central device and read data from a peripheral. Finally, we have the electronic history of the day with Pi Portal. We actually uh, have started filling in this data on GitHub. We have a repository with all these electronic things that happen every day. Like there's always some historical event, a birth, a discovery, an invention, a company opened, a company closed, what have you, a patent was filed, I don't know. Uh, and we put it all together. Uh, and so you can um, run the CircuitPython code on a Pi Portal and every day you're gonna get uh, facts or information about what happened on that day in history, as well as a QR code that you can scan with your phone and go to uh, the source, maybe a Wikipedia page or a reference document um, about um, what happened on that day. So check it out, especially it's the beginning of a new year. Start off right with some electronic factoids. Okay, more guides ahead. Next up. It's true. Main York City factory footage, take away Adafruit factory. 
factory footage without a sunrise or sunset or construction or both <laughs> or all i say i don't like the little elevator up Beep, and down burp, up and down burp, burp. okay 3d printing no and pedro are printing up a storm and planting up a storm that's right printing and planting so we talked about the project earlier in the show and here it is here it is smart planter it's smart it's planting hey what's up folks in this project we're building a smart pet planter with adafruit's pie portal In this project, when you water your plants, the water level animates on the Pi Portal's touchscreen. Using Adafruit.io, you can make a custom dashboard and visually chart your data with graphs. This uses the Adafruit Stemma Soil Sensor to measure the temperature and moisture. We're plotting the moisture and temperature data so we can see the values change over time. The data is published to your Adafruit.io feeds so you can access it on any device with internet. You can set up custom triggers so you'll be notified whenever the values are too high or low. Feed me. Our setup publishes data to our feed every minute, but you can easily adjust it to any interval. With the Stemma port on the Pi Portal, we can simply plug in the soil sensor. The code for this project was written by Brent Rubel in CircuitPython. The Pi Portal library handles the Wi-Fi connectivity and data publishing using the ESP32. The sensor data can be displayed over a serial console like the REPL window in the Moo editor. With the SnapFit design, it's easy to take apart so you can always get to the electronics. The sensor is mounted to the planter so the tip stays on the inside and the components are on the outside. This keeps the sensor hidden inside and the components away from any water or dirt. Using 3D models of the electronics, we designed the enclosure to look like our retro cases. We wanted to easily modify this to fit different components, so we designed it as a parametric assembly. Like most of our designs, we made it so that you can print it without any support material. You can get the parts to build this project, links are in the description. Be sure to check out the learn guide for a step-by-step -step tutorial on building this project. The planter cup is press fitted into the frame and a drip tray snap fits onto the bottom. The soil sensor is secured to a plate and mounted to the planter cup with screws. 
The Stemma cable plugs directly into the port on the back of the Pi Portal. This mini speaker is fitted into the case and will amplify the sound so the alerts are much louder. The screen cover and faceplate snap fit onto the case by press fitting them together. And there you have it, the build is now ready for potting some plants. We found these Venus flytraps at our local hardware store. They're pretty needy plants that should only be watered with rainwater or distilled water. They're fairly small and should fit nicely within the size of our planter. Unlike normal plants, flytraps prefer sphagnum moss over common soil because they're native to subtropical wetlands. We had to transplant this out of the store-bought planter, so we made sure to be careful. We've been caring for pitcher plants for several years now, so we had some spare moss to fill up the bottom of the planter. We were surprised to find these because they were in really good condition. Since these plants basically live in water, you really can't overwater them, so you'll need to test your own sensor readings with your plant. The water level animation is dependent on the minimum and maximum moisture values that we set up in the code. Feed me now! To keep water from overflowing, we made the drip tray deep enough to collect any excess water. The soil sensor readings fluctuate slightly, but average out over time, so you'll need to adjust them to fit your project. We hope this inspires you to check out the Pi Portal so you can build IoT projects with CircuitPython. Thanks so much for watching, and don't forget to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit. Okay, and if you want to learn how to build all this stuff and more, check out 3D Hangouts every single Wednesday at 11 a.m. with Noah and Pedro. Before we get on to new products, the code is GREENCLUE, 10% off in the different store, all the way up to 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time, or when I remember to turn off the code. Lady Ada, it is yes. time. Yes. New, 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 new. All right, new product time. Uh, first up, a little bit of reminder, we will not have Adabox for everyone. So you should sign up now at adabox.com. There are a few slots available. We will be out for sure by the time we're shipping in March or April. So do it now. Yes. Okay. Green Clue. Why, why is the code, code Green Clue? Okay. So here's the deal. Um, 
As you may know, uh, right now in China, a lot of factories are shut down due to coronavirus outbreak, and they want to minimize the outbreak, which is a good thing. And that means that uh, one of our PCB houses that we like that sends us our beautiful matte black PCBs is currently shut down. And we're not exactly sure when they'll be back. So in the meantime, um, we want to keep the electrons flowing. We're going to have some of our PCBs available in green. This is a special edition. Think of it that way um, until we are able to get back to our beautiful Adafruit black. Green is still perfectly fine. Uh, it's like also kind of unique because we almost never do green PCBs. So here's the clue. Um, it's green for Earth. It's green. And uh, it works just the same. Uh, it's just green. But um, if you are wanting to pick up a clue and uh, for the alpha version, um, you might get a green one. You might get a black one. Uh, can't really control which one you're going to get. Um, so just be cool and flexible. And if you really, really need a black one, um, come on. um, then uh, please hold tight. Mm -hmm. Sorry, it's not focusing. This is a new, new thing. Um, if you really need a black one, please just hold tight and uh, we'll get black PCBs soon. If you don't care, order one now. Yeah, and uh, this is a shout out for Bill who just mentioned this. This is the AT Makers edition. Yes, that's so right. So there you go. That's why it's green. That's why it's green. Uh, all right, cool. Next up. We've got these silicone wires now with uh, DuPont uh, premium male male headers on each end. These are great for making jumpers onto your breadboard, but um, unlike our plain uh, wires, these are silicone. So I'll show them on the overhead. So you get 40 and they come in different colors and they're silicone. So they're um, really temperature resistant and they're very, very flexible um, and they're nice and durable. So they're a little bit more expensive uh, than our plain PVC coated wires, but you know, they're silicone. So that's what you get, get what you pay for. But right. I like them. Next up. Uh, we have an update. Uh, Pimeroni has finally released the Pi 4 version of this uh, Picade console. So they have a version that's like an all-in-one kind of arcade cabinet. This one, you put the Raspberry Pi 4 inside, you have all the wiring, there's no soldering required, and then you can catch it up over HDMI, as you see here, to whatever monitor or TV you'd like. Uh, we've sold this for a bit, and it's just now updated for the Pi 4, um, which we recommend because, of course, it's going to be a really great emulation experience with uh, that high speed. Uh, you can pick any amount of RAM for the Pi 4. You don't need, like, the one with four gigabytes of RAM. One, one gigabyte is plenty. Um, but pick it up. I know we've been out of stock of this for a bit, and we're glad to have it back and updated. Next up. We got this little chip. This little chip is a uh, motor controller. It's an H-bridge, and I like it because it's just an 8-dip, breadboard-friendly, has a single um, H-bridge in it, two half-bridges. Uh, so it's perfect for controlling a motor. Uh, it runs from like two and a half volts up to 12 volts. Um, you can use any voltage for the motor and then use a three volt signal to control it. Just give it PWM signals or on and off signals. And it's a really easy way to control a motor. Okay, and do you wanna demo? show this little motor demo? Yeah, it's a demo. So this is just me you know, showing it. I'm using a feather with some Arduino code or CircuitPython code. See the wiring is really simple. Just needs a couple of power wires, a couple of ground wires. And uh, you can send signal to turn the motor on, off in either direction. It's just the H-bridge. You have to provide the PWM signal. Okay, and next up. This cool case. It's a Lego compatible case. We have a similar case, but uh, they came out with a version that has Lego brick compatible. Um, so it's got Lego brick compatibility on the top and the bottom. So you can put bricks on top. You can put it on top of some bricks. 
I think it'd be kind of neat, especially if you're crafting an electronic project, maybe using uh, some, um, you know, Lego robot stuff, and you maybe want to connect a Metro or an Arduino to it. So anything that's Metro or Arduino shaped should fit just fine. Uh, and then you even have slots for plugging in shields. Wonderful. Yeah, we're not watching Lego Masters right now, but it, because we're doing a show, but I'm going to try to watch it later. Um, our Twitter friend, Amy, and Crystal uh, are on that show. And there's a new show about building Lego stuff. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. And maybe I'll, I'll use this case to make my own Lego creation. Next up. Very cool. Um, this is part one of a two-part series. Uh, also for Primarily, we have, uh, this is the wiring loom. This is a wiring harness. And on one end, you've got these. And on the other end, you got these. And this is for connecting um, joysticks and um, arcade buttons to their X-Player USB adapter. But it's also kind of just a handy thing if you ever want to, um, you want to have a lot of wiring connections for um, arcade connectors, which use these like spade lug things and joysticks. And then there's even like a power wire set in the middle there. So lots of um, arcade button connectivity. Yeah. And it's what it looks like. You get, you know, these three cables and this is the wiring loom. Okay, next up. Okay, next up, what do you plug that into? Well, you plug it into this. This is the Player X uh, controller. So um, if you have a computer or Raspberry Pi or anything with USB, you could plug in an HID joystick or button setup to make a custom controller. Um, and this is what it does. You basically have a USB connection um, on the end there and a micro USB, and then you have all these plugs that you use with that wiring loom to make a custom arcade setup. Um, so this doesn't come with the cable setup. You would get a separate cable setup, or you can make your own custom cable setup. You don't need to use it with a Raspberry Pi. No, it's, it says Picade on it, but it's actually for use with any computer. Like you can plug it into a Mac, Windows, Chromebook, whatever, to make a custom arcade setup. Okay, next up. Uh, next up, we got, you can tell we got a shipment of Pimerone stuff. So this is the Enviro Fat. I don't know if they're using the word fat anymore, but I think it's fat, so fat it up. Uh, this is an Enviro add-on for Raspberry Pi. You get a light and proximity sensor, you get a barometric pressure and humidity sensor, you get a temperature sensor, and you get an I2S microphone. So you can even do some like voice stuff or audio stuff. And there's a little display, which is really cute, and it's all Python programmable. So you can uh, make your own indoor environmental sensing setup. It's not meant for outdoors because it's not protected. Um, but for indoor sensing, it's great. So you, uh, they even have a demo where when you put your hand over the light sensor, it goes to um, the next uh, display, and I can show it on the overhead real fast. It is uh, Pi Zero shaped, but you don't have to use it with a Pi Zero. Of course, it'll work just fine with a Pi Four. I think we're missing 10. I think this should be 23, not 13. Um, and then here's the demo. You can tap it, and it will tell you the barometric pressure uh, in uh, hectopascals, and then the next one is, uh, you know, the humidity percentage, pretty dry in here, and um, the light levels as well. So um, really neat and easy to use. Um, pair this up with Adafruit I.O. maybe, or some other data logging service. You can get environmental data from your home onto the internet, or just display it on this nice screen. We also have uh, two square displays from Primarily. This is their HyperPixel Square kit. Let me see if I can get this booted up while I chat about it. So these are 720 by 720 um, pixel displays. And um, there's two versions. One has a capacitive touch and one doesn't. You pay a little bit more for the capacitive touch. Mm -hmm. But they both look 
beautiful. Um, so this is the capacitive touch showing off the demo. And um, it's full 60 frame per second because it uses the native, it uses like almost all the pins on the Raspberry Pi, um, but it does that so you can have like a direct TTL display connection. And it's cool because they're square. So it's 720 pixels by 720 pixels, um, which is a pretty good resolution. You can definitely see a desktop. Um, I think these were probably used for like, um, uh, like uh, environmental sensing uh, in a house or something, like a, um, like a Honeywell, um, what's it called? Like a temperature thing, whatever. Thermostat? Thermostat, thank you. Um, okay, so this is the capacitive touch one. Let's see, yeah, there you go. So it boots up. Um, it looks like a beautiful display, and of course, you know, you can even, you know, use the user interface. You can open up a terminal. You can connect up a uh, keyboard and mouse to it if you like. But it's a nice square display. Um, it's kind of unique. Uh, I like it. And then you've got one with the capacitive touch, and this one which is a little plainer, and it doesn't have um, the capacitive touch at the bottom. So uh, pick whichever one you'd like. A little bit more for the capacitive touch, but maybe you don't need it. Um, and they all work with any Raspberry Pi, including the Pi Zero. But of course, the Pi 4, you'll get a better computer user interface because it's faster. Okay. Start of the show tonight besides our team, the community. New lady, is this? This is coming soon. This is an alpha. This is actually like my you know, first board. You can see the silk screen needs a little bit of work, and we're going to update that on the next order. Uh, this is the uh, Feather Sense. So it is a Feather Blue Fruit, has the NRF52840, which is our favorite USB friendly. Bluetooth Low Energy chipset, correct, as central peripheral. And we've sold um, this Feather for a while, and in the middle we would normally have an SWD debug port. And um, we did that because actually at the beginning we weren't kind of sure that we did a really great job with the blue loader. Turns out we did, but in case we didn't, we wanted to make sure people could easily reprogram it. Well, it turns out uh, at this point we're pretty confident with the bootloader, and so this version, um, I removed that SWD connector and instead I put a smorgasbord of sensors. The same sensor set that's actually on the Clue. So if you like the Clue sensor set, but you don't want to display, this feather is going to be very similar in programming style. So in the center, we've got um, an APDS uh, light proximity color sensor, gesture sensor. We've got a BMP280 um, barometric pressure and temperature sensor. We have an SHT30 humidity sensor. We've got a LSM-60S accelerometer and gyroscope, and a LIST-3MDL magnetometer, as well as a PDM microphone. So like pretty much all the sensors, as well as all the basics you still get with the Feather Blue Fruit, like two megabytes of QSPY for storage, um, the Bluetooth module with um, all the certifications and antenna, uh, NeoPixel, USB battery charging built in, CircuitPython and Arduino support. So it's coming soon, sign up, and we'll get you one as soon as we have them in stock. Might be Okay, let's do a recap. Okay. New, 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 new. Uh, green clues. We might have clues in green. They might be black. They're the same. We can't guarantee which one you get. Um, these are special edition, alpha. Consider yourself lucky. We have silicone wires with uh, premium male plugs on the end. These are great for jumper wires. and They're made of silicone, so they're very durable and temperature resistant. We have an upgrade to the Pimeroni uh, Picade console. You can plug it into any HDMI monitor, just add a Raspberry Pi 4, which is what it's compatible with now, uh, install uh, you know, retro arcade software, and you're ready to play Mario. The L910, L9110H is a 
low cost, eight dip, breadboard friendly H bridge driver, great for driving a single uh, DC motor bi-directionally. You provide two PWM signals, three to 12 volts, and uh, you got your motor turning. A case for your Metro or Arduino compatible, uh, now with Lego brick compatible dots on both the top and bottom. Uh, this wiring loom allows you to connect um, 0.1 pitch headers to joysticks and arcade spade connectors. It gets used with the next product, which is the Player X. Also from Pimeroni, this is a joystick HID controller. You plug in those wiring looms and then you can wire up solderlessly any kind of joystick or button controller to anything that uses USB. The Enviro add-on for Raspberry Pi has light and uh, proximity sensing, uh, barometric pressure, humidity, temperature, and uh, noise sensing, so internal environmental sensing with a uh, 160 by 80 pixel color display for plotting. Um, these squared hyperpixel displays from Pimeroni plug into any modern Raspberry Pi and give you a 720 by 720 pixel um, high resolution display with high speed video. Uh, we also have a version with capacitive touch. And coming soon, the start of the show tonight, is the Bluefruit Feather Sense. Uh, this feather is just like our Feather Bluefruit, works with Arduino or CircuitPython, has VLE support in it with a lovely little module. And we also added a plethora of sensors, uh, nine doff motion, humidity, barometric pressure, temperature, light color, proximity, and audio, and maybe one I'm forgetting, as well as all the goodies you normally expect on a feather, like battery charging, NeoPixels, and onboard storage. That's it. Okay, um, don't forget the code is green clue. A little bit of reminder, please don't terrorize our team and ask for a specific color because we can't. Like we that's can't. my point. We can't control so it. So don't, don't be mean about that because sometimes when we have things that come up like that, people are, they'll email our support team. Just don't order it. And they'll be mean. Yeah, like we can't. We can't look that's at the it. Whole so point. It's in a yeah. box. We can't look we at can't. it. We can't. We can't. Um, so we don't know what you're going to get. No idea. N not possible. Not possible. So, okay. Um, for top secret, out of the vault. Get out of the vault. We have, uh, I'm just going to play the videos back to back. We have the Feather Bluefruit things that we're working on, the FFT thing we're working on, and then a web serial thing we're working on. So I'm going to play them and I'll see you on the other side in a moment. Okay, Lady, what is this? Hey, this is a waterfall spectrogram that we're showing off on a clue board. This is using the built-in microphone and the new Microlab uh, code library that we've added for CircuitPython. So you can do FFTs on the fly and you can actually see our voice spectrogram. And then if I grab this tootin' flutin', you can see the notes show up on the spectrogram. Tootin' footin'. So this is fun with FFTs. Um, this is all kind of beta alpha, but we're excited to have a NumPy-like replacement for CircuitPython coming soon. Okay, Lady Ada, what is this? This is me testing out the new Feather NRF52840 sensor board with all these integrated sensors, motion, mic uh, microphone, magnetometer, uh, barometric pressure, humidity, etc. And uh, last week we did a bunch of guides on calibrating magnetometers. And the reason we did that is because I wanted to show how you could turn the built-in 9DOF sensor into 
an orientation sensor. So here I'm using uh, Paul Stoffergen's orientation visualizer to show how when I move this board, the uh, data is sent over and then rendered just the same. All right, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, this is a Circuit Playground Express and it's sending light and temperature data over the serial port and I'd like to plot it. And normally I'd use the Arduino IE plotter or the Moo plotter, but now I'm gonna be using a web serial plotter that we wrote and it's up on Glitch. Still under uh, development, so it's kind of exciting. But we can connect if you're on Chrome, select the COM port or the serial port that matches. And now it's plotting data from the light and temperature sensor. It's also got the accelerometer sensor. We're going to work on that next. You can see there's a serial port output for debugging. Uh, in this case, it's in JSON format. And then this is the data itself plotting nicely over web serial. So no IDE, no downloads, just in the Chrome browser. Here's a cool um, LED plastic. Yeah, LED plastic that Phil has shown off. So I want to show this video. Looks really sharp. I think the best use of this is when you have to film LEDs because it just I makes know. <laughs> it easier to film. And uh, here is the clock that's being worked on. This is a coming soon in a project that we'll have out as well as a kit. And then uh, this is something Lady Ada and I are working on. This is the classic egg drop project that kids have, but uh, you'll be able to drop your clue with a little parachute or whatever protection, the clue that you decide to armor the thing up with. And uh, too many G's though, egg breaks. Oh no! So we'll have uh, we'll have. Looks like it has a headache. Yeah, it's like I've got an egg egg. Egg egg. Um, and uh, this you're working on. Yep, no, I've got yet. some um, nine DOF sensors, both in Featherwing format and Stemma QT format, um, using the LSM 60 socks. This is a really really nice accelerometer gyro pair um, with extremely low um, zero G rate. Um, for the gyro, which is really important if you want to do precision nine-off orientation sensing. So I think this is going to be a very nice upgrade to the existing nine-off sensors we stock. Back in the vault. Get back in there. Okay, head over to adafruit.it slash discord. Um, we're going to answer your questions. We do that over on discord. Join us, all 16,000 of us. Uh, and uh, if you're looking for other discord servers, I think the Python discord is one of the best ones, especially if you're into Python. And there's a few others, but like I said earlier in the show, check out that article. Um, we're gonna do some questions, Lady Ada. Yeah, and, ready? Uh, yeah, I had a couple that were lined up. I'm okay answering one that kind of blended into the top secret. Ooh. It's okay. Uh, could the FFT could it detect clicks or whistles as a switch? Like, if you yeah, were... I mean FFTs. You know, I'll say that they they give you a whole bunch of data, so you have to figure out how to analyze that. But you can do uh, peak frequency detection. Um, so once you get that FFT data, you, FFT data, you have to do a little bit of analysis, but you can tell what is the peak frequency it's detecting or the peak frequencies. Okay. Um, this one, uh, I think I know the answer, but do you have any limit switches that size spade connectors? I think they're too small. I don't know. I think those are just for the little arcade buttons. We have in the store um, a variety of, of switches, but they use a larger spade connector. Um, is there any target pricing for the Fezzer Sense? Uh, sign up, we'll have it there. Sign up, we don't, we don't have yeah. a price yet, but we'll, as soon as we manufacture them, we know the yield, we'll set a price. Yeah, uh, let's see. Um, there was a question earlier that someone had posted in one of the other chats, but they said they're gonna post it later. 
So I will wait for that to come in. Um, we're going to do a giveaway tonight, so I'm just going to start that process. Okay. Uh, try out the phone stuff. Yeah. Uh, we're going to give away a clue. <gasps> a green clue. Maybe. You yeah. don't know what color it's going to be. Yeah, I'll say green because then it's not green. Then I know. Sorry. 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 Pretending to say that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a clue. Okay. It's going to so, be a clue of some sort. Yeah. So it's going to be like this. This. Or this. Or this. Or this. Or this. Get a clue. Get you'll get a clue. <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, what are the rules? Rules are: if you've won something before, you can't win again. Only one winner from my lifetime. The first person to call the magical phone number and answer my questions three will be the winner of a clue. My questions are going to be: What's your name? Where you're calling from? And what's a project you're working on or you want to work on? So all I have to do is call the phone number when it gets on the screen, and I'm going to pick up the phone on the second ring and say, ahoy, ahoy. And that's how you know it's mm. me, because nobody else says ahoy, ahoy. Mm. And then I'm gonna ask you those questions. So call on up if you haven't won something before yeah. and you want to get a clue. And I'll, um, I'll hit the questions in the chat if there's any more that we're working on. Okay, uh, why, do you char uh, why do you choose Creative Commons as your hardware license? There are benefits to CERN, et cetera. Okay, here's the deal. There's no such thing. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> there's no such thing as a, a oh, to be continued. Okay, ready? Um, oh, it rang twice. I got to pick it up. Yeah. That's the rules. Yeah. Ahoy, ahoy. You've called the Ask the Engineer. Ahoy. Ahoy. Congratulations oh. for calling the phone. What's your name and where are you coming from? Yeah, I'm Bo. I'm calling from Oakland, California. Okay, well, congratulations, Bo, from Oakland, California. You have won a clue. Wow, yay. All you have to do is email support at adafruit.com, S-U-P-P-O-R-T, at adafruit.com, and say, hey, it's Bo from Oakland, and I've won a product number 4500, and they'll send it to you. All right, and I won't even ask for a green or a black one. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> look, I can't control. So what's a project you're working on or you want to work on? Uh, I've been hacking on AY38910 uh, GI sound chips lately, uh, which are really old video. They came out of the uh, Vectrex, yeah. the audio sound effects. So I've been hacking on making those work with actually an AI vision system so I can control them with my hands. Oh, cool. All right. Well, that's, that's awesome. I remember they, they had made Pong chips. They made like DTM decoders. They made all sorts of cool stuff. It was all-in-one chips, but they're hard to get. Well, I can't wait to see the projects you build with those AY chips. Don't forget to come by Show & Tell when you make your project, and we'll check it out. And email support yeah, well, at... Oh. And if you're there, I hope to uh, show it to you in person at the Open Hardware Summit. I will be there in some respect, yes. Probably wandering <laughs> around. Um, uh, yeah, I'll, if it's there, I'll, I'll check it out. Um, but also, come by Show & Tell. All right, don't forget, All right. email support Thanks. at com S-U-P-P-R-T, and say, I'm Bo. And I won a 4500. Will do. All right, thanks, Grandpa. Thanks. Have a good night. Cheers. What a nice guy. That's cool. Okay. All right, so um, that was our show for the night. However, um, I'm going to answer the question with a link in Discord. Uh, the question was Why um, use Creative Commons? Why do we choose Creative Commons? The link that I posted is an article I wrote called Open Source Hardware License Creative Commons by CERN, Tapper, uh, and more. So which one's better? Uh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Here's what matters is you say very clearly what your intention is. There happens to be some things that are license-like. There's no protection for your hardware other than 
or no protection for anything, I should say, other than trademark, copyright, and patents. Yeah. Copyright does not cover the board. Trademark, you could put your logo and stuff on it. Patent, that's an entirely different thing. Also, usually doesn't cover, you know, you looking at yeah. something on the board. So um, we chose Creative Commons a long time ago because that was the only thing available. It's the most readable. People is like, oh, share like attribution. It's yeah. right there in the name. Attribution, Creative Commons. And it's basically like, it was definitely from like, how do you do things with art or photos? And, and, and like we thought, okay, that time, that was it. If we were to do it over and just like make it, make everything over again, CERN is probably the best one. Um, because it has such an institutional backing and they thought a lot about a lot of things. Yeah. Um, whatever one you choose, whether it be CERN or Creative Commons, both of those fit into the open source hardware definition that a lot of people worked on. Yeah. So um, I would say don't get hung up on licensing. Uh, put it under whatever license you want. Those are two good choices. Yeah. And just publish your files at a place where people can get them. And um, if you show your intention, I think that's the most important thing. But I think a lot of people spend too much time on thinking about licensing and thinking about possible edge case or how can you protect it from some people using it and other people not using it. it just doesn't work that way yeah so uh cern uh check out their site but creative commons attribution share alike simple and easy and uh if you want to get it oshawa certified you can go to the oshawa site and uh that's the only what's one of the only requirements where your board files where some code where the files to modify it in easiest possible way usually the native format it's in okay all right so that's the, uh, okay. That's the news. Uh, we'll see, we'll do one more question. Uh, they're buying a ESP32 Vroom 32, and I don't know how to program it after I solder it onto the board. Um, do you know if they can get the Pogo uh, pin programmers if they want to be able to program it after they put it on their watch? Okay, so they're making Yeah, you need to have the, the Pogo pins exposed on your PCB design, and then you connect to those with your test jig, and that's how we do it here. Like, you, you have the... The reset and you know boot pins and the arcs and the TX pins and then you you would just yeah. connect it to a board that then programs it. Okay. All right. So that's it. Okay. okay thanks everybody. Green clues the code. Don't forget. It helps all of us, and then some. This is our team here. Um, we'll see everybody next week. Uh, special thanks to Jesse May, who's in the chat. Thanks, Jesse May. And special thanks to our entire Adafruit community, our remote team members, our Adafruit employees here. Um, all the new folks that we have recently met in our community, all the people in the CircuitPython community. Um, we'll see everybody next week, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks so much for being part of this show and this adventure with us. Here is your moment of Zener. Thanks, everybody.